hello, hello, hello. Call me an anti, or I guess an anti. <laughs> um, this is SLS, Shit Larry Say, and back to Louie in our first collab. First of many, hello. I hope. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> so, um, Doll Lady has posted her master post of Baby Gate, sick. Um, and she's posted it in 17 pieces. <laughs> which is outrageous. Uh, so we're going to just start with uh, number one, which she calls the introduction. If you'd like to read for yourself, um, the URL is begunlocked, or B-G-U-N-L-O-C-K-E-D, uh, and it's dash only, so you have to be uh, logged in on Tumblr. Um, but, you know, that's not hard to do. So what we'll do is we are going to go through this post and kind of uh, we'll provide some debunking links for those of you who would like to see debunks because all of this has been debunked before and we'll also give you our commentary. So um, I guess here we go. My first note was that so it starts off with on July 14th, 2015, it was announced that Brianna Youngworth was pregnant with Freddie Tomlinson's baby. The news set Ooh. off a wave of confusion from One Direction fans, memes, and tabloid gossip. I wasn't around as a fan in 2015, but back to Louie was. So um, I, I know she wanted to speak on that wave of confusion. Yeah, uh, when she said, you know, fans began to notice things weren't adding up. You know, I was a fan at the time um, that this happened. And we knew that Louie was hanging out with this girl in L.A. We didn't know her name, but we had been hearing about this. We knew she, he had even rented a house for them to hang out with. This wasn't like super secret knowledge. And we were wondering if it was kind of getting serious or what, because he was like leaving the tour and going to LA and hanging out with this girl. And so when the article came out initially in July, I remember being like shocked. Like I ran through the house and I was saying to my husband, like, oh my God, Louie got that girl pregnant. And he already knew. I had already like jokingly talked about this with him. So like, no, we weren't wondering if why things hadn't added up. They literally added up. Like, we can do math, too. <laughs> so, Yeah, fans began to notice that things weren't adding up. And I think throughout this entire post, and I assume throughout the other 16 posts, um, Doll Lady <laughs> is also say, referring to her little group of conspiracy theorists as just fans in general to kind of make this, you know, claim that larger fandom you know the fandom at large was confused by this and this is like the normal thought when in actuality it's just what a small group of people think um so that that's going to come up a lot so she starts to break this post down by like section and the first section is what is baby gate and my first kind of thought was she's missing an article there like, what is a baby gate? And, I, you know, that's just, like, that plastic gate you put up in front of the stairs so that <laughs> the the mobile baby can't, like, go up the stairs and fall down. Um, but no, uh, baby gate is the theory that Louis Tomlinson is not the father of Brianna Youngworth's supposed son, Freddie Rain, which I think it's interesting here that um, she is saying not only is 
Louis not Freddy's father, but Brianna isn't even Freddy's mother, which is like, you know, taking that conspiracy theory onto another level altogether, which obviously they're doing that, but she makes that claim clearly in that first sentence there. Right. Um, and then this next paragraph really bothers me because any one of the reasons that I'm like in this fandom and concerned about this issue is how teenage girls are treated and how they are kind of like led on in fandom and not protected. And Doll Lady here says there's a huge misconception that all 1D fans are preteens and teens. It couldn't be further from the truth. Fandom is fully of grown adults. I guess she means full of grown adults. Many with children of their own. The most, and then she goes on to something else, but um, just this idea that um, that this is bothersome for her to be. Oh wait, that comes next, but. The setting up the idea that because these fans are adults and they know more is just, it's upsetting. And it's hard for me to articulate why, but like, teenagers can cut through the bullshit. I work with them every day. Well, not so much now, but when we're not in a pandemic, I work with them. And honestly, I do know more teens who are fans of One Direction uh, than adults, because most adults, I think, have kind of accepted the idea that One Direction is done. Wouldn't you agree? Um, but teenagers still get excited about the idea that this band could reunite for them. <laughs> um, but I do. Well, if I can, go if, ahead. If I can interject, um, you know, this is as a, someone who's been an adult fan of boy bands for twenty years, like going as an adult fan of InSync through to today. Um, this is, in my opinion, kind of doll lady buying into the external misogynistic uh, view that the things that young girls and women like are inherently garbage because they don't know anything and they're silly and tri- and and trivial and stupid and whatnot. And it's something that I've observed over the course of fandoms is, you know, adult fans trying to assert themselves as being like, we're not all that, but it's very much kind of a pick me. I'm not like other girls kind of attitude mm-hmm. of like, you think that we're all dumb girls, but we're not, we're all grown women who know things. Um, unlike other people, um, which makes this better. This makes this legitimate. This makes what we like real and not a fake fantasy. And when the real argument should be Dude. girls aren't dumb. <laughs> like, yeah. And I think girls are dumb, but not me. Yeah. And Harry, I think, you know, whatever people believe or think about Harry Styles, I think he's done a, an admirable job, an admirable job of, you know, not falling into that trap. And he, you know, I've got a couple quotes here. Like, how can you say young girls don't get it? They're our future. And then, kind of making that argument that young girls are the tastemakers of music and always have been. They were the ones freaking out over the Beatles and loving the Beatles before anybody else did. So how can you say um, that they're not serious? Um, and so yeah. instead of saying, like, you know, our fan, you know, my fans aren't just young girls, he's saying, no, young girls know what's, go- what's up. And so um, Doll Lady has been making this argument that 
you know, that she's upset about being assumed to be a preteen or a teen since 2012, since she first got into fandom. She And she hasn't learned how um, harmful that, like, nugget of an idea is and how it, like, colors everything else about um, how she engages in, in fandom. Um, okay, and so the next part of this paragraph, which really should be two paragraphs if we're being honest here, is that the most bothersome part of Babygate is the lack of reliance on reality and science. And um, I would say that I kind of agree that the most bothersome part um, of Babygate, sick, is Larry's (laughs) lack of reliance on reality. Like, yeah. (laughs) They've created this whole, like, new idea for themselves. (laughs) Um, and this whole, like, alternate reality they live in. She says that it's built on smoke and mirrors, where headlines and social media comments claiming Louis is Freddy's quote-unquote mini-me are given more weight than actual science, such as a DNA test. Um, And, you know, I kind of took issue with this idea that... um, Smoke and mirrors would include that the father, the father declaring paternity, uh, the family of the father and mother expressing love for the baby, and then a certificate of the birth, like a legal document, is all, um, you know, smoke, smoke and mirrors. And mirrors. <laughs> like, like I guess it is if you're a conspiracy theorist, but um, okay, <laughs> um, and then. This next part was also kind of fun. When fans point out these inconsistencies, they're attacked by the media as well as other fans as delusional or crazy for simply wondering why there seems to have been no DNA test. And this is the part where I kind of wrote in my notes here, like, not simply wondering about something And I know that Back to Louie has done a really good job of keeping track of all of the times that Larry's have done more than just asking questions and that have kind (laughs) of, like, shown that they deserve to be called out for their behavior. Um, Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, basically, they harass everybody who is involved in all of this. They're in everybody's social media. They're you know, telling Brianna she was never pregnant. They're calling Freddie, you know, Tammy's son. Um, They harassed uh, Brianna's grandmother, who was just an elderly lady trying to mind her own business. Um, And they talked about it so much that it became a media thing. You know, they are complaining about, you know, headlines and they're the ones that are generating the headlines by complaining about this. And, let's be real, you know, we had been talked about, we had been talking about how it was possible to do a non-invasive DNA test before the baby was born. So the DNA thing is not even that new. Um, But afterwards, you know, Brianna's grandmother had posted a comment saying, you know, with all the doctors between these two countries and all the money involved, did they really think that DNA tests weren't done? And there were tabloid articles that said that Louis requested a DNA test, and it came out to be positive. Uh, Doll Lady relies on, I think, one article that says, oh, he said he didn't do, do a DNA test, and the Larrys really latched onto that and said, oh, well, why, why didn't he deny that? But the thing is that there's no reason 
for Louis to deny not having had a DNA test unless there was a challenge to Freddie's paternity, which, by the way, Larry's would agree if Freddie is someone else's kid, there is still no challenge to paternity. So there's still no reason for Louis to have like said I had a DNA test. It would only be something that would exist that would be hurtful to Freddie later on saying, oh, you know, I made sure I got a DNA test before I claimed you as my child. But, you know, his name was on the birth certificate. He went to court to establish paternity, which are both things that make him the father in the eyes of the law. Those are things that don't go away. And they either supersede a DNA test or they're predicated upon the results of a DNA test. But Larry's have never addressed that. Aunties have been talking about that from day one. Right. And the other the other thing I liked about this paragraph was when fans point out these inconsistencies, and if I were grading, like grading a student's essay and I, I teach I write I teach students teenagers how to write argumentative essays which is really difficult let me tell you um, <laughs> but it's pretty easy to see the the common mistakes that they make and get really good at, at picking them out and offering help to like fix those problems but I would say when fans point out these inconsistencies my question I would circle that and say what inconsistencies like which ones you haven't right. listed inconsistencies yet um, and you need to be specific, be more specific. That's what we say all the time. Um, right. but she hasn't listed any, uh, I think that she's kind of like operating on this idea that the people reading this are going to already be in this group. Um, that's right. why she's referring to them as fans, not as Larry's or as, you know, conspiracy theorists, which is what they are. Um, <laughs> and then the other part... <laughs> There's so many parts. Uh, this <laughs> document aims to explain why people think Louie is not the father of Freddie, even four years after the announcement, which we're definitely closer to five years at this point. And yeah. also, documents don't talk. Documents don't explain. Um, and this is kind of where we know who wrote this because she posted it on her blog. And it's not likely that someone is going to, like, stumble upon this master post because one it's dash only and so that means that you can't search for it on google you have to have a tumblr account to see it so um it's really only for the in-group which is kind of interesting because early on when she was talking about this i guess last week or the week before time doesn't mean anything in a pandemic i guess time is a flat circle yeah, yeah flat circle <laughs> um but she had been talking about how this was going to be like explosive and you know this is going to change things and then she's decided that she doesn't really care it's just there for people who want to see it so it's kind of like i guess you realize that this is nothing new but yeah. it, it is new writing i guess um and then she goes into saying that one thing that this document will not address so sorry again so document she's trying to like remove herself from this thing trying to make this document seem as though it's neutral and just the facts um but yeah. documents don't write themselves someone is writing them and it's being written by a conspiracy theorist so this will not be just the facts and you have to like second guess and question everything that she puts out there because there is definitely a um 
a motive behind there to make you see things a certain way. And Larry's get caught up in that, like new Larry's don't realize that this isn't just a list of facts. This is definitely like shuttling you to believe a certain way um, by pretending it's just a list of facts. So one thing that this document will not address is the why of Babygate. Um, I wanted to ask her why won't it address the why? Because... <laughs> Um, if you're in the fandom, you may have some ideas, she says. Uh, there's certainly a history of boy band members being forced into situations for various reasons. And this is where I'm going to let back to Louie jump in because, again, she is the boy band expert here. And I am not. <laughs> so, uh, Doll Lady does link to two articles. One about, one that references Lance Bass pretty early on, then one re that references David Ross, who is in a boy band in the 1990s. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a Lance Bass expert. Um, as I mentioned, I was an adult fan of NSYNC and, um, you know, saw them in concert many times, et cetera. Lance was my favorite. And there were gay rumors about Lance pretty much the entire time that they were a band, but, you know, half from outside people who were like, oh, you know, all members of boy bands are gay or whatever. And other people who claimed they knew things. Lance came out after NSYNC broke up and Larry's used the fact that he said that he had been afraid to come out while he was in the band, um, that he would destroy the band and ruin their careers as an example of being forced to be closeted. But Lance has been very open about the fact that he kept that secret to himself. He did not tell anybody. He did not act on um, having gay relationships while he was in the band because he was afraid that it would get out that even if he told members of the band that they would tell other people and it would ruin their careers. There was absolutely no incentive. There was no management telling him to do that. There was no contract telling him to do that. But there was a very oppressive contract that was in place for NSYNC. And it was through Lou Perlman, who was sort of their manager, runner, label owner for Transcontinental um, Airlines and Transcontinental Records. And that contract was a heavily exploitative contract where they weren't getting paid for the extreme overwork that they were doing. And they took him to court. They took him to court to break their contract. It was for a certain number of records. They didn't want to do it. They wanted to get paid their fair share. He threatened to take their name in sync um, that he claimed to hold the trademark for, that they wouldn't be able to record under that name. They would basically, he basically was saying, I own you and I'll destroy you and I'll make you into nothing. And they went to court. They were, it was $175 million on the line. And they settled and they were able to break that contract and sign with another label and release an album. And far from being ruined by this, they held on to their name and their next album broke the world record for the most sales in a week of all time. It was their biggest hit and it was largely written based on the oppressive time and breaking free of that. So when Larry's talk about being forced to do things contractually, 
I know firsthand that there's examples of being able to fight that in court. The Backstreet Boys did a very similar thing. They were also able to break out of a contract. I'm not as familiar with the Backstreet Boys because I was more of an NSYNC fan, mm-hmm. but we'll have a link to the information that was the that had to do with the Backstreet Boys getting out of their oppressive contract. What the Larrys say just has no real basis in terms of being forced to do things with their lives, their personal lives. Um, that they can't get out of. Yeah, and so, like, with Lance, whom I've met, and he's, like, super nice, um, <laughs> I like to drop that in as often as possible, um, <laughs> with with Lance, it was not the contract that was keeping him in the closet. It was definitely society's expectations, which, um, yeah. for those of us who are queer, is, like, there's no contract on me, but did I just, like, come out as soon as I realized that I was bi? Heck no. Like, there's yeah. expectations that you feel like you have to live up to. And, you know, we're in 2020 now, and I do think that it's different now than it was in 1990, 30 years ago. And mm-hmm. just based on the sheer number of out uh, musicians and actors... Um, while that doesn't mean that it's easy for everyone, because it's certainly not, it's definitely not the career killer um, that it was seen to be in the past. Um, in, yeah, in terms of the artists that have come out, even in the last 10 years, it's been so many. The artists are coming out as non-binary, and it's not ruining their careers. This isn't to say that a closet doesn't exist and that people still struggle with that. That's an individual struggle. But a label forcing you into multi-year contracts of not only you better keep that to yourself, but also you had better act in these very specific ways for years is just not something that exists. And, you know, I, I was a fan of the Backstreet Boys and, um, just like seeing like when I first started watching stuff about One Direction, my first instinct was, Okay, they don't dance, they don't match, and they're behaving like hooligans. Like, this was a completely yeah. different, like, paradigm for yeah. a boy band. And so, to hold I them, couldn't believe what they were getting away with. Oh, my God. Like, all the tattoos? Like, that was nuts. <laughs> but, um, but all of that should, like, show Larry's that this, this was a different thing. And so, to use those past examples from 20, 30 years ago as like, well, this is how it's, you know, always done. Like, yeah, that's how some things have happened, but definitely not how Larry's are arguing that it happened. Um, and like you said, definitely they got out of those oppressive contracts because that's what you do. You go to court. <laughs> and, right. you know, it, anyway, it's just they use history and they show just a little bit of history um, and then you as the reader of this, you're forced to like fill in the blanks. It's very much like listening to a Donald Trump speech where he doesn't really complete the thought, but you're like filling it in as you go through. And that's what his supporters do. And that's what these conspiracy theorists do. They give you just enough of the framework and you fill it in with what you want to fill it in with, which you and me are going to fill it in with facts and say, this is crazy, but someone who doesn't have this background um, could fill it in with what they want to see, which would be a secret relationship, I guess, or a fake baby, I guess, which is crazy. crazy. Um, so she then says that 
Without knowing what goes on behind the scenes or seeing things like contracts, it's hard to say why Babygate became a thing, which that's a lie. It's super easy to see why Babygate became a thing uh, because there's a group of conspiracy theorists out there whose fantasies would be absolutely destroyed by Louis having a child with a woman, so they created a story that would explain away the child. That's why it became a yep. thing. Yeah. Um, she's got some background here that it's important to note that Louis is still the one signed to Psycho, um, that you could write a novel on all the possible whys of Baby Gate, but that's not the focus. Don't worry about that. And, um, she said, and this is what really makes it a conspiracy theory. Wait, where was that line? Da, 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 da. Maybe helpful to read this post about Simon. Oh, oh, and the the contracts from America's Got Talent, and she's extrapolating that the ones for One Direction would necessarily be more stringent. But again, you can go to court. Um, it's important to stress that the things that have happened over the course of Babygate could not have happened via just one person's actions alone. When looking at the big picture, it's clear there is media involvement, psycho PR involvement that seems counter to the best interests of their client, lawyers who seem to act against the best interests of their client, etc. And I'll get to that last part in a second, and I'll have back to Louie comment on that. Um, but this idea that it's more than one person goes to the definition of a conspiracy theory. So... Um, conspiracy theories are explanations for important events that involve secret plots by powerful and malevolent groups. And that's the definition that was used in um, Gertzel's 1994 article called uh, The Belief in Conspiracy Theories. Uh, so that's like the, you know, the academic world's accepted definition of a conspiracy theory. And so it's not just one person. It's this whole conglomeration of people who are doing this. Um, so she, whether, I don't think she knows this, but she basically just defined what she believes as a conspiracy theory. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, the best interests of the clients part. Go ahead and take that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lawyers who seem to act against the best interests of their client. Um, you know, lawyers are retained by a client. They're paid by the client to represent them and their best interest. Lawyers are bound by ethical rules. I know we joke about lawyers being bad, but they're bound by ethical rules that they are supposed to do their due diligence to best represent their client. And failing to do that in the client's eyes for any reason is literally the most legitimate reason for a client to fire an attorney. So the idea that Louis is being represented by attorneys or legal counsel that are not acting in his best interest is ludicrous because he's the person who holds the power. If he's their client, he's paying them and he can fire them. There isn't any overarching mechanism by which he would not be permitted to fire his attorney who's representing him, who is supposed to represent his best interests for not doing that. That's the definition of it. And if you fail to do that sort of thing, that's the sort of thing you can get reported to the bar for as an attorney. People saying, you're doing things behind my back. You're reflecting conflicts of interest. You're serving two masters. Those are literally things that can get an attorney disbarred. So, I mean, you know, take that for what you will. 
I mean, but do facts matter to conspiracy theorists? Of course not. Right. Um, she says, when you look at the contract above and combine it with actions that seem completely against what you would expect, it becomes clear that there may be larger forces at work in all of this. And that larger forces at work, that's the conspiracy theory, which, as we've said multiple times, that's the anti-Semitism here, because this is referencing back to um, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which is a propaganda pamphlet created that blames the, uh, the Jewish people for all of these evils in the world, um, and it's just, like, completely made up. And so any conspiracy theory that um, engages in that kind of idea that uh, you know, someone's controlling the media or someone's controlling an industry or working against the interests of the people, uh, that's anti-Semitic. Um, and I like this idea of that these things seem completely against what you would expect. Not you as in the reader, but it's definitely completely against what conspiracy theorists would expect um, because they've created all of these alternate facts that they live by. And so when reality happens, it's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that to happen um, because they just kind of ignore the real things and make up stories to cover the rest of it. So then yep. the last little part of this introduction, which, yeah, we're still on the introduction, um, is the main things to know. And she says that the document is lengthy, which it certainly is, and goes into all the various facets of Babygate. But if you read nothing else, so if you listen to nothing else uh, from us, <laughs> this would be the one to listen to. These are the only two things that you need to know. So basically, she's stating that all of the rest of this is, like, superfluous. That she would really only have to write about these two things in order to prove her case, which... As, you know, a teacher, I'd say then don't write about the rest of it. You're just wasting time, but whatever. Um, this is, so the two things she writes about here are the Christmas baby bump picture and the idea of a DNA test. So um, this is a little bit difficult in an audio format, but um, Larry's have latched onto this one picture of Brianna at a Christmas dinner with her family. She's wearing a black dress that's pretty um, flowy or an outfit that's flowy. I don't actually know if it's a dress or not. The quality of the picture is pretty poor. Um, but I think it's obvious as you're looking at the picture, you can see from the way she is sitting um, that she's indeed pregnant. But Larry's like to claim that she isn't, that her baby bump has disappeared. Um, but that's just, I mean, one of the hallmarks of conspiracy theorists is that they misinterpret photographs, um, all the way, you know, there's a lot of examples of this with the JFK conspiracy theorists, but this is one where they're just like claiming something, um, to make it fit their idea of the world. Yep. <laughs> and there's really nothing else to say about this yeah. but it, they're just like where's the bump and I'm like it's it's right there it's yeah. right there Brianna is a skinny girl when not a skinny woman she's a very thin woman with a very flat stomach when not pregnant it, it would just it's right there <laughs> yeah and so because they can't argue against that they basically say anybody who says it's there is blind 
and that they're lying to themselves. So, you know, that's just what conspiracy theorists do. Um, so that's the one thing that they say completely disproves um, Baby Gate. Sick. Uh, and then the yeah. second one is um, the DNA test and this idea that there wasn't a DNA test. And um, Back to Louie has talked a little bit about it. But the angle I wanted to take on this was, um, so she writes that when Louie's reps were asked about an article circulating that he was not going to get a DNA test done and instead of confirming or denying he'd had one, um, they said, it's all just part of the never-ending media speculation, which my comment on that is, and so she's saying that, sorry, but this is about your client forking over potentially millions of dollars to someone who's claimed to have this baby without verifying his actual paternity. You'd think that could merit a better response. Um, Louis reps not confirming or denying that a DNA test had been done for the benefit of the media means to Larry's that there was no DNA test when in fact it doesn't mean anything. Um, it's a it's a non-comment and it's also none of their business. Um, this kind of comes from the point of view that Louis's paternity and his personal life is the business of the fans and they have a right to know this stuff. Um, and so when the rep doesn't confirm or deny, the Larrys say, oh, well, he must not have had one done and how stupid is that? Um, but in actuality, even if the reps had said, oh yeah, he got a DNA test done and Freddie is definitely his son, Larrys wouldn't have believed that either. Ultimately. Exactly. Um, because they also said before the birth certificate was out, they said, well, if he signs a birth certificate, that's it. He's the father. And then the birth certificate came out and they say, oh, well, <laughs> you can fake that or um, it doesn't mean anything because you can get his name taken off of it, blah, blah, blah. So because conspiracy theories are inherently unfalsifiable and rely on circular reasoning, it doesn't matter what proof is actually out there. If the Christmas picture was clearer and not as blurry, or if if Brianna wasn't wearing black and was wearing like red or a color that more easily shows um, a baby bump, uh, then they would just say that, oh, well, she was wearing a fake belly. Like, it doesn't matter <laughs> what either of them do. Um, that's what's, you know, that's what the, the Larrys are going to say. Whatever it is to uh, prove their point. Okay. And they've also straight up said that if there was a DNA test result posted, they wouldn't believe that. That's something that they've gone on record to say. So Right, I mean, because why would they post it now, four years later, which is really more like five years later, and not back then? Oh, because they've been reading... They've been saying that for years. Yeah. Like, why been, after a year? Why after two years? So. Yeah. Only because Larry's are asking about it would they post it. Like, it's, you know, it's just the unfalsifiability. So, ultimately, it doesn't matter what happens in reality. The conspiracy theorists don't care. So, um, why are these the only real things you need to know about Babygate? It's cute that those are called real things. Um, if Brianna was never pregnant, all of this is a moot point. 
People can compare pictures of Louis as a baby to Freddie as a baby. The media can write articles about Freddie being Louis' mini-me. But if Brianna was never pregnant, it doesn't matter. The whole thing falls apart. Which I guess is why... Because I've been wondering, why is she so obsessed with Brianna? And I guess that's the answer. Like, she's trying to find the easiest way to debunk Babygate. Um, and so she's going to pick the thing that would unravel as much as possible. But... Brianna was pregnant, so, like, eh. Um, yeah. Secondly, the easiest way to stop all the speculation about Freddie's paternity would have been to state clearly and unequivocally that Louis had a DNA test and it proved without a doubt he was the father of Freddie. Like, again, why is this our business? All the speculation about Freddie's paternity, it's not, there's not all this speculation, it's just Larry's. It's just this one group of conspiracy theorists in a boy band fandom that are obsessed with Louis not being a father. Um, if he and Brianna are so bothered that people are calling Freddy, Freddie's paternity into question and it's a topic that won't go away, even after four years of media Bye. and fan speculation. <laughs> Why has he or his management or PR team never put the matter to rest? Like, if he and Brianna are so bothered. Back to Louie. Have you seen Brianna be bothered about people calling Freddie's paternity into question? Not, no. And I haven't seen Louie bothered by it either. I've seen him no. in interviews saying like you know that obviously he's a father i've seen him saying that he's worried for the conspiracy theorists but he doesn't say that they bother him and no. that doesn't seem to be the case with brianna either because she's not posting about it on social media she's not talking about it in lives so i have to wonder who's bothered <laughs> By Freddie yeah. um, being Louis's son. Hmm. What a mystery. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, then she goes into this conspiracy theory that, um, that Freddie is actually the son of uh, Brianna's stepfather and her mother via a surrogate, which is just laughable. I mean, they have to, like, explain somehow why this child exists. Uh, and after... Th they went through a, a series of theories about this. That this was yeah, a that doll. was a journey there. Yeah, and this is how Doll Lady got her nickname. Uh, because she propagated this theory that Freddie was actually a doll. And I assume, because I've kind of scrolled through these and seen pictures that are indicative of this, that she's going to explain the doll theory. Which, honestly, can't wait for that. But, oh, um... God. You know, they have to have a reason why this is, this child is still involved and still mentioned <laughs> by Louie. Uh, and so they've decided that the child is actually related to Brianna, um, her half-brother. Um, but anyway, it, it's just crazy. Um, <laughs> and then she says at the end, so that's Babygate in a nutshell. Maybe that's enough to convince you that Freddie isn't Louis's son, or at least get you asking some questions. Like, this is Oh, some, I have so many questions. Yeah, like, like this is, you know, 
where COVID-19 started, you know? Like, this is, like, an actual important concept. Or maybe you think this is all some wacky conspiracy theory. That's fine. But if you really want your mind blown, read on. (laughs) So I wrote LOL after that. Um... So I, we planned to do, we plan to do this for the rest of the parts. There are 17 of them. Uh, who knows how long it's going to take us. We spent about 40 minutes so far on this one. So, um, back to Louie, do you have any other, um, comments you'd like to make to wrap up? Um, I just wanted to go back to real quick. Cause she was sure. talking about the contracts for, you know, America's got talent. Right. Um, where she says, oh, this basically lets them do what they want with your image, whether factual or fictional. And Larry's uh, really liked to delve into this because they were like, see, they can do anything they want with your image. But like, you know, look, I have a relative who works for a reality TV show um, as a writer, and this isn't rocket science either, but, you know, it's a reality show. America's Got Talent is a reality show. X Factor is a reality show. And it's really clear from the context that we can do what we want with your image means we'll edit this footage that we're taking how we see fit and we'll do it to to propagate a particular story arc where maybe there maybe you'll find yourself cast as the villain based on how we edit this Mm -hmm. or maybe we'll cast you as the victim based on how we edit this and it may make you it may make you look bad or it may make you look good but it's all going to be there and you know, that's what the viewership wants because they want drama. That's not will make you pretend to be the father of a four-year-old. <laughs> will make you... In your real life. We'll, like, we'll force you to sign a birth certificate even though you know you're not the father, which would be fraud. Um, which would be fraud. And yeah. the mother isn't the mother. So, like, both of them. Right, yeah. So <laughs> the the doctor who was, like, there at the birth or whatever... Yeah, that's just nuts. That's crazy. Um, Okay, so definitely I enjoy doing this collab. Um, Hopefully our listeners will enjoy it as well. Um, And we will start reading through the rest of this to get our notes in order for um, more posts. Hopefully, I don't think that the other ones will necessarily take as long because this one did kind of hit on some major points that you know she has to go back to um so we won't have to delve into them again we'll just hit the new stuff and then uh in the post that goes along with this audio we'll have plenty of links for those of you who really like debunks because all of this has been debunked um in the past and there's nothing new in conspiracy theory land they just kind of recycle everything so i hope that you're all uh healthy and um have what you need and that your families are doing well Um, And hopefully this entertains you for a little bit of your lockdown. Um, So thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Shit Larry (laughs) said. You're welcome. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.